you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Wednesday, October 5th, and you are listening to NFL Total Access. The podcast. Two guests, two champs. Michael Robinson, who won his ring with the Seattle Seahawks. Welcome to the pod, sir. What's happening? What's happening? And Willie McGinnis, who won his three rings with the New England Patriots. Welcome to the pod, sir. Hello. I'm curious, where are those rings? Do you guys ever wear them? Is there a special place on the mantle, or are they under lock and key, relegated to a lightless existence of a safety deposit box in an unnamed Swiss bank? Where are they? (laughs) Mine is put away in a safe. I do not wear them. All three? All three. Mine's put away as well. I do not wear them. What would qualify as an event that you would take it out and maybe wear it? Um, our, Our sports biggest night, Super Bowl. I always wear it when we're doing our Super Bowl coverage. It's just a respect for the rings, a respect for the people that came before me, and respect for the new champions that's about to happen. And for me, anytime I got to truly, truly impress, I'm talking about truly impress. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you throw in that ring, it's going to always create an opportunity for somebody to ask some questions. And it's just an opportunity for me to get some business advantages. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> um, if we have a reunion with those teams, I would, I would wear the rings. Or being on TV, NFL Total Access, we usually have a segment where they want us to bring our rings out. And we put the rings up and we talk. Kind of like we did at the beginning of the season. We showed all those rings, right? And we showed the newest, some of the newest ones. I would bring them out. Outside of that, for whatever reason, I just really don't, I, I, I really don't um, bring them out. And one reason I say, if, if you've worked that hard to get rings, you shouldn't have to remind people. They should, they should know. Coming up on this Wednesday edition, we will hear from the Hall of Famer Kurt Warner on the match made in Gotham heaven between Brian Dayball and Saquon Barkley. The two-time NFL MVP will also take a closer look at the two-time reigning MVP Aaron Rodgers. What is Kurt seeing from number 12 that we aren't? Plus, pack your bags. We're going to London for the changing of the guard. Not the one at Buckingham Palace, as impressive as I hear that is. No, the one in the NFL, where things are quite simply different this year. The pecking order isn't what we expected. The MVP list isn't what we predicted. Why is that? Mike Robb is also going to tell us why what we saw from the Chiefs in week four, while impressive, may be intentionally deceiving. Touchdown, Kansas City! But first... Let's take a closer look at the TA game of the week between the three and one Dallas Cowboys. Oh, he's chased. Parsons has got him again. Parsons just obliterated the left tackle. And the two and two LA Rams. Pressure coming at Donald. And it is sack number 100 in the illustrious career of Aaron Donald. You tell me, though, these guys, they're dominant. What makes them dominant? Well, first of all, with Micah Parsons, he's been unblockable the last couple of years because his different array of moves and what he does, his speed, his strength, his power, his hands, and how he uses them all in one. So when you watch the tape, 
He's going to mix up an offensive lineman and have him confused by the end of the game because he does so much. He pushed the pressure, okay? That's just a spin move inside on Donovan Smith. That's just a slap, speed, rip. It gets around the edge. Power move right here. That's just a dip and rip. That's just speed off the edge, dip and rip, natural ability. That's just speed to power. You see why the tackle's been turned around like a spin top? Because he's done so many moves to him the entire game. He don't know what's coming. And that's what the great pass rushers do. They give you a lot, they mix you up, and then they take advantage of you by the end of the game. And the thing with Aaron Donald, we all know he's a beast in the trenches, right? But he's short, he's compact, he's explosive. He uses his hands better than anybody in the league. And he works your edges. It's tough to do that in the trenches because you got to stay small and stay on the line to get to the quarterback. If you get pushed out, then you're going lateral and away from where you need to be. So when you watch him... One of his signature moves is his hands. This is just a swipe, right? He's just going to swipe, swim, or he's going to swipe and rip and get to the edge. Look at him right now. He already won. He's already <laughs> won. Now, his hand is a little too high giving up his ribs, but he's so short, you can't get your hands in there. He's in the gap. He's won. Burrow doesn't have a chance to show, to, to, to get the ball out. Next topic, next question. Should we believe the game film from the Kansas City Chiefs in week four from that humbling of the previously exalted Tampa Bay Bucks defense? That hero ball is maybe a recipe for success? Yeah, and I want people to understand when we say hero ball, that just means a quarterback who may not see nobody open downfield and is just buying time, doing some unique things to get the ball off, right? To get the ball downfield. And yes, you see this from Patrick Mahomes. You see him, you see it happening a lot, and it dazzles us, and we and we love it, right? But at the end of the day, as the season goes on, as more tape gets out on him, as it does every single year, yep. sometimes that magic, that magic, those magical moments and things like that gives Patrick Mahomes the confidence to do those things in critical situations. And we've seen him in the playoffs. We've seen him in critical situations trying that, you know, sidearm or throw him back across the grain, get intercepted. And at the, at the end of the day, it costs his team games late in the season. So, to answer your question, Yams, yes, I think the hero <laughs> ball or whatever is great to see. But at the end of the day, I'm not so sure it's going to serve this team well when they get in critical moments later on in the season. And we saw it at the end of the Bucks game where he tried to make one of those throws because of the confidence that he was doing all game. Yes. He threw an interception at the there end There it is right there. Yep. Right. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to temper my expectations um, because it is one game. Now, we yes. waited three weeks to finally see all these pieces come together. Andy Reid has been a master at crafting a lot of different matchups, formations, shifts, motions, tempo, whatever you can think of since he was with Philadelphia yeah. when we played against him because he has the pieces to do that. So I have a lot of respect, and I know that he can get that going. But I will say what I saw against the Tampa Bay Bucks, the number one defense at the time, that was only giving up nine points mm. per game that can hurt you in a lot of different ways. They went out and out-schemed and took advantage, out-physical, whatever you want to think of, added with that running game. They added the running game. 38, I think they handed the ball off 37, 38 times, which adds another dimension to what they were already doing. Yeah. So I think if they can consistently do what they showed us to do. A lot of deception, right? Mm -hmm. The tight end comes in. Mahomes <laughs> is out at the X. McKinnon is at the quarterback. The Wildcat, you know, the fakes off of some of those plays at the real routes. Some of that stuff is going to work because he's great at skimming. But to your point, defenses will start to figure things out, maybe give a little less, be more vanilla, and force you to play straight up football. And let's see what happens then.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast with Super Bowl champions Willie McGinnis and Michael Robinson, who are now joined from London by David Carr and Hall of Famer Kurt Warner to preview Sunday's UK special only on NFL Network, 9.30 a.m. Eastern, between the Giants and the Packers. So I'm going to take the time now to bring in my good buddy and fellow quarterback, Kurt Warner, because I love talking quarterbacks with you, bro. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to break down what Aaron Rodgers is really all about right now. Do it, does it time to relax? Because sometimes I see him in the first quarter against the Bucks. They drive down the field. They got the RPO game going. They look really good. And then the second half, they kind of fall off. So help us out, man. What's actually going on with the Green Bay Packers? Well, first of all, David, you got a nice little backdrop there, man. I wish I was standing next to you right now instead of, uh, you know, in the office in my house. But I tell you what, you know, when I look at the Green Bay Packers, uh, they're doing enough to win. You know, they've got a quarterback that manages the game extremely well, that can handle the RPOs, can get the ball out quick. And it seems to be either dink and dunk or chunk the ball down the field on go routes. So right now, it's not real sophisticated, but I believe they're going to get better. They've got a good run game. They've got a great quarterback. Their young wide receivers are starting to make some plays. So I believe they're going to get more sophisticated as the season goes along. But the great thing is they're winning with simplicity right now. And, hey, it doesn't matter how you win. You just got to get those Ws. That's ex exactly right. And I love the, the fact that they're working through that as they go and they're learning about their offense. They still got a great defense to kind of lean on. So that that's fantastic. So, OK, let's spin to the opponent, the Green, sorry, the Green Bay Packers opponent, the New York football Giants, who I know you're fond of as being both ex quarterbacks, the New York Giants. They're three and one. <laughs> the last time they were three and one was 2011. I got a Super Bowl ring in my office because of that. So what has Brian Dayball done to put this team in position to possibly win this division? Well, David, the, the biggest thing coming into the year is we all wanted to know, is Daniel Jones the guy? Can, can he be the franchise quarterback? And I still don't know if we know the answer to that yet, but Brian Dayball is playing to his strengths. He's uh, designing a lot of quick throws, get the ball out of Daniel Jones' hands as they've had some struggles up front. This past game, it was amazing. They went into a lot of three tight end sets, and they ran a lot of hard play actions and got Daniel Jones out in space so he could use his legs. He could have some simplified reads on the outside. So that, to me, is what Brian Dayball has brought to the table. It's not just conventional drop back football and let's see if Daniel Jones is ready to throw the ball 35 40 times a game it's creating easy opportunities for his quarterback defense is playing good we've got Saquon Barkley let's not throw it all in Daniel Jones lap even though we want to figure out if he can be that guy right now it's about building a culture it's about instilling some hope in this organization and Brian Dayball has done that Every NFL game in every NFL season, there is a factor, an X factor that goes a long way in determining who wins. Willie, Mike Rob, what is it or who is it Sunday morning in London? 
It could be Kayvon Thibodeau. And the one thing I learned at an early age in the league is you have to protect the pocket and be physical and affect the pocket. And when you're going against Aaron Rodgers, the one thing you can't let him do is get comfortable, have every look and throw that he wants. So I know Kayvon Thibodeau has missed a couple of games, but he is a premier pass rusher that can get into the pocket and keep Aaron Rodgers uncomfortable. We talked about it. The Giants are scoring about 19 points a game. The Green Bay Packers are not really on track, but they're still finding ways to win games. And if you give him multiple opportunities, Aaron Rodgers will march down the field. We've seen this time and time again. So if you're a defensive player and you're playing against this man, one of the best in the game, in Rob, you got to be able to affect the pocket constantly. You definitely have to be able to affect the pocket constantly on Aaron Rodgers. But for me, my X factor, you just heard our quarterbacks, um, David Carr and Kurt Warner, talk about Daniel Jones. The X factor will be Daniel Jones's legs. You talk about the easy opportunities when this guy gets the ball on the outside. I think Saquon Barkley is back. I think Saquon is one of the most dynamic running backs in the National Football League. The reason why he's able to get all of those breakout runs most of the time is because the backside defensive end is caught is, is caught looking at Daniel Jones having to defend against that run. And then another thing that Brian Dayball brought to this offense was, again, easy opportunities, easy reads. When you get Daniel Jones on the outside, he only has two or three decisions, high to low to run. That's a winning recipe for the New York Giants and Daniel Jones. We interrupt this podcast to bring you a side of twice-baked sweet potatoes. I'm talking yams. <laughs> See, yams. Mike Yam, welcome, sir. Let's roll, man. I'll take it. I'll <laughs> take this, it. At this very moment in the NFL, there are no fewer than 15 teams in the NFL with a 2-2 two and two record. A record that flatters a few, insults a few, and perfectly describes the rest. So, Mike Yam, are you ready? I am ready. By the way, that's the most ever two and two teams through the first four weeks of the season that the league has ever had. Did not know that. But clearly, my instincts are right to even do this story. So I'll read the team names and you make the call. Yeah. Is the two and two record dubious, defining, or degrading? Oh, the three D. Dubious if you think the team isn't good enough to be two and two. Defining, of course, if two and two accurately describes them. And degrading if you think they are better than a two and two record might suggest. We will start in the AFC. Gangrene, the New York Jets, two and two. Oh, I'm going to say defining. Defining. I'm, I'm actually surprised that I'm saying that. There were some doubts that I had had about their schedule early. I'm almost willing to give them the mulligan for two reasons. They look a little different with Zach Wilson. We got a glimpse of him now healthy. That offense got a little bit of a spark. Mobility looked he looked good, I thought, for a guy that was coming off of um, the uh, the ACL injury, the knee injury. So, to me, I'll take it because I still like their defense. Mikey's little. He's little. Yeah, yeah. He seems fragile. Am I overstating that? Uh, well, he also, when he got drafted, looked like he's never shaved before because he still's got that 12. Maybe that's what it is, that prepubescent glow. I'll take it a step further. and I don't even know if this was like a pranked tweet or not. Did you see him? <laughs> Tweeting, no, no. Uh, I, have, uh, I have no with social the Brady media deal? presence. I, I mean, have the it, social media presence of somebody on witness protection. Let me just say this: Zach Wilson taking his shot, and I respect it. So, Chargers <laughs> two and two, dubious, defining, or degrading. God, you know, I think they're they're a puzzling team. They are because I want to give them the benefit of the doubt when you're the walking wounded. Uh, J.C. Jackson has been in and out of the lineup because of health injuries. He was certainly a new addition. Bosa going down, Slater going down. There are problems there, and yet Austin Eckler. Boom, here we go. We got the running game going again. Uh, 
What's the D degenerate that I don't know the difference between the other three? I'm the degenerate. The other D is degrading. Degrade. We'll go degrading then. So they are a better team than the they, two and two yeah, record might suggest. I think suggest. they are. I think they are. Well, it took them four weeks to figure out that number 30 was on the roster. Now that they have yeah. found him, maybe they will use him and maybe two and two improves in the weeks to come. We'll check you on that. The Denver Broncos. The ever bewildering Denver Broncos. Their losses have been terrible. Yeah. Their wins have been unconvincing. I don't mean to lead the witness two and two. Obvious. Dubious, defining, or degrading. Dubious. Dubious. The buzzkill here is the fact that our social media team at NFL Network yesterday asked me, who's your pick, so that we could put it on a graphic. And oh, I goodness. said, oh, I'll take the Colts. Little did I know Jonathan Taylor Jonathan was, Taylor gonna was gonna be out. So now all of a sudden I don't feel great about that call. And I think we might be talking next week when we do this podcast and sit down. I think they might be three and two, but I think long term I'm not I'm not a buyer. Uh, we're gonna do a quick AFC North <laughs> runaround because there are three teams in the AFC North that are two and two. The Cleveland Browns, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's start with the Browns. The mistake by the lake. Eerily average at two and two. Yeah, I'm not crazy about the squad. In fact, in that division of all those two and two teams. Dubious. They're, yeah, they're, they're the ones that I feel least confident in. Browns dubious. You're two and two now. It may be the best days of the season, so says Mike Yam, yeah. as translated by me. Baltimore Ravens, two and two. Hard to say that this is not degrading. Is it degrading? It, it is degrading. I, there's upside. I don't know if we see it, though, this week. I mean, that, that pass defense is the worst in the NFL. Joe Burrow has never matched up against a defense that ranked last uh, in terms of defensive uh, efficiency when it comes to uh, passing. So, to me, I, I think he's – historically, he's thrown for, what, 10 million yards against the Ravens. I think he racks it up big time here. But I think long term, I still feel really good about this Ravens team. Total yards against Ravens over 400 yards a game. Passing yards over 300 yards a game, 315 and a scooch. Uh, both numbers the worst in franchise history after four weeks. If defense wins championships, a bad defense certainly may prevent you from even being in the conversation. Cincinnati Bengals went to the Super Bowl last year. We watched it happen across the street. What we are watching happen now is a team that looks like they are starting to find themselves, or am I overstating that? They are two and two, dubious, defining, or degrading? Degrading for me. They, I think they figured it out. Um, I hate to say small sample size, but getting back to 500 to two and two is a win for them. Joe Burrow had protection last week in the win against Miami, and we obviously were talking about other storylines, but I think that's a positive sign. You get another win against the Ravens this week. I think they're off to the races. AFC South, Duval, Tuval, two and two for the Jags, are we buying it? Oh, I'm buying, baby. So you're buying that that's who they are? Defining. That's defining? It is defining. I, I have felt better about them even before the season started. My Lord, just a couple plays here and there. And we shouldn't be talking about them as two and two. And I know you'll cringe because you're a Washington fan. But you're absolutely right. Week one. They should, they should be three and one. Yeah, they should be a three and one football team. I still... I like their defense. I don't think that gets enough credit. And for me, I just say, hey, the Eagles are that good and figured out a way to win in not their best moment. But I still think I think it's defining for the Jags. I, I like that Jags team. defense, too. I think the other Josh Allen is unfairly pegged as such. Some weeks he looks like the only Josh Allen to me. Titans, another team in that AFC South, also two and two. I don't know what to make of them. Help me out. I'll still say defining for them. It looks like they figured out their run game, which was a real issue for them through those first two weeks of the season. I, I'm hesitant because the jury's still out in terms of skill position for them. I'm just not totally sold 
outside of Derrick Henry, what they really have. Signs of life. Good to see Robert Woods get into the end zone over the weekend. But, uh, yeah, I'll say defining. So defining for the Jags, defining for the Titans, if I may extrapolate, help me if I have gone off course. That means basically that what we're talking about is, at worst, we're looking at a 7-10 and 10 team, possibly an 8-9 and nine team, possibly a 9-8 and eight team, possibly on the best side of things, a 10-7. and seven. Is that about right? Yeah, yeah. I think on the high side. I, look, 10 wins should be there, but I don't know if they're the class of the AFC like we've been talking about in yeah. previous years. Let's turn now to the NFC. And we'll start with the entire, that is correct, the entire NFC West. 49ers, defending champion Rams, who are you Cardinals, and look at you Seahawks, all 2-2. Two and two. Let's start by the Bay, 49ers, 2-2, two and two, dubious, defining, or degrading. Degrading, I've been telling you. You, for a long Faith time. in the 49ers. I do. I, I am. By, look, that defense is stellar. I saw them twice in the preseason uh, in, in August during training camp. Felt really high on that team's defense. I was worried about that offensive line against the Rams without Trent Williams there. I think that win to me is a signal that the rest of the NFC. I think I said this to you earlier on the podcast this week. I said Jimmy Garoppolo and the Niners hold the key to the entire NFC. I'm buying on that. Yes, team. you did. L.A. Rams defending Super Bowl champions. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Last year, Matthew Stafford threw for a league high, tied for a league high, 17 interceptions. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, you're right. So the fact that they are profligates, somewhat wasteful on the offensive side of the ball, does not strike me as being out of character, nor does it strike me as being necessarily disqualifying. So my question is this, the LA Rams at two and two, dubious, defining, or degrading? I'll say defining just so that I can keep my friendship card with Maurice Jones-Drew. I, I don't – I was worried about them heading into the postseason yes. last year. You mentioned the Stafford picks. Don't quote me on the exact number, but I think it was somewhere around five or six interceptions in the last three games, yes. three or four games heading into the postseason. I was worried about those costly mistakes. They navigated the playoffs. They won a Super Bowl, and they were able to figure it out. This worries me, though. I still think it's a good Niners defense. Stafford, though, the turnovers, the sacks – inability at times to run the football, which shouldn't have been an issue this season compared to last year. Those are issues that worry me. OBJ could be a little bit of a savior for this team down the road, but I just saw some some interesting quotes from Von Miller saying, oh, he'd look good in a Bills uniform. So I'm just saying, hey, it might not be a gimme that this team figures it out like they did last year. It worries me if you're a Rams fan that you seem to have only two targets that Matthew Stafford trusts. Oh, Obviously, wow. Cooper Cup. Obviously, Tyler Higby, they got 33 targets the other night. Impressive if you're fantasy manager, not impressive if you're an offensive coordinator. We'll talk about the Rams much more in the weeks to come. Cardinals also 2-2 two and two in that division. Defining? Dubious. You're not buying the Cardinals? Du- I'll say dubious for the squad. I, look, Andrew, you know this. You cannot consistently start slow every single game no. and then play from behind. No. They are the antithesis, by the way, of the Philadelphia Eagles as we're thinking about these two teams. Yes. The Eagles do most of their damage. A lot of fourth quarter half. collapses, it looks like, statistically. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I saw a really interesting stat. All eight of the touchdowns Jalen Hurts has so far through the first four weeks all have come in the first half. Flip that coin here. Arizona looks like they make runs late. I just... I, I get worried about this team that historically over the last few seasons with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, they get figured out in the second half of the season. So the fact that they're a team that I don't feel good about at the start of the year, it worries me. So I'll say dubious. Perhaps it's all by design. Perhaps Cliff Kingsbury is a next-level genius, and he <laughs> has decided to look confusing. He has decided to look chaotic. 
to look like a team out of sorts so that they won't have a late season collapse. They will, in fact, have a late season resurgence, a rebirth, a renaissance. I don't even buy that for one second, but it sounded good for a second. Here we go, Seahawks. Geno Smith, highest QBR in the NFL, not a misprint. Seahawks at two and two. Dubious, defining, or degrading? I'm going to just respect them and just say defining, but I don't even feel good about it. I think it's more dubious, if I'm being totally honest with you. I yeah. just don't buy this team. I'm waiting for the other shoe to fall off, and maybe that's not fair because Pete Carroll has had success um, as an NFL head coach, and I think he's one of the better ones out there. For Like we give Bill Belichick his due, I think Pete Carroll deserves his as well. I just, I've seen Geno play, and I'm just going, hey, at what point is that costly pick going to be there, that bad turnover that's going to cost you the game? I I tip my hat and say, hey, at 2-2 two and two right now, figuring out ways to survive, I'll give you credit for it. I hate the fact that there's no such thing as a 500 team in the NFL. They are, there is now. Yep. There are 15 of them now, but we will not have a 500 team at the end of the year. If you have a tie, can you still be 500? So I, maybe I'm wrong about that. That's a good question. Call. We're gonna go look. I actually, at this. Gonna, I'm gonna say if you no, finish eight, if eight, you eight and one. Win, if you're eight, eight and one, is that a 500 record? No, because you should. Like the one is just, dude, do your job, win the game. So I won't give you the benefit. Of the I should do my job and know the answer to that so. question. I don't know it either. It's all good. Uh, okay. Three more teams in the NFC yeah. who are two and two. Let's start with the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears with Justin Fields playing at. Soldier Fields, thank you for that. I'll say dubious. It has to be dubious, every, right? Well, because every Chicago fan is yelling at whatever device they're listening to this podcast on and saying, Yam, you just told me that you feel good about the Niners, and guess what? We got the head-to-head -head with them. But I just don't buy on this team long-term, and the conditions in that game were essentially a monsoon. So I'll give them the mulligan, and Trey Lance was playing, not Jimmy G. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who have arguably a top five defense, statistically they were a top five defense, then they ran into the matriculation machine known as the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm not sure where they stand statistically now, but I know they took a hit in terms of the eye test from a lot of us when they were just run over by Kansas City. Now, granted, that's going to happen to a lot of Kansas City Chiefs opponents. However... The Bucks on the offensive side, Tom Brady, looked good, looked convincing, got some weapons back, and yet, as a team, they rushed for three, three yards. total yards. Correct, not a misprint. Yeah. Okay, Bucks, dubious, defining, or degrading? I'll say, I'll say degrading. I think so, too. Yeah, I'll still but that's a, that But not, it's not, it don't it's feel not great a knee-jerk, right, about that? The knee-jerk comes because it's Tom Brady, and I don't want to doubt that. Yes. And by the way, that defense, you're right, statistically speaking, was the number one defense in the NFL. And I think it's more kudos to Patrick Mahomes and company. He's matched up against the number one defense seven times in his career. He's six and one in those games. Wow. So that's why I go, hey, Magician Mahomes, all good. And that's why I can storyboard this into saying that I, I still believe in the Bucs. The last team, Arthur Smith's and Arthur Blank's Falcons. Atlanta Falcons in a very interesting NFC South. Yeah. Interesting insofar as it seems gettable, it seems winnable, it seems vulnerable, all at the same time. Falcons, two and two, dubious, defining, or degrading? Defining for me. I think they are right about where they should be. They play hard. I like Marcus. The running game was effective a week ago. No Patterson, though, now for an extended period of time. That's an issue for them. But I still think Marcus Mariota is still trying to figure out some of those pieces um, with his tight end and obviously Drake London. So I, I think it's fair. I think they're a fair, fair football team. I want to thank my guest today, Mike Yam. He is the co-host of NFL Total Access. He is the host 
of NFL Explained podcast. Find it, mark it, listen to it. It is worth it. Mike Yam, thank you as always. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Today's special guests are Michael Robinson and Willie McGinnis. Now, our colleagues, MJ Acosta-Ruiz and David Carr, are currently gallivanting around London wearing scarves and houndstooth tweed, I can only assume, and enjoying such British traditions as the changing of the guard at Buckingham Palace, while Mike, Rob, and Willie are witnessing a very different changing of the guard right here in the NFL. Changing the guard moment for you, Emrod. What do you got? It would have to be the narrative on Jalen Hurts, the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC East. You heard David talk about the NFC East, but, I mean, in the preseason, the narrative was that this guy might be the worst quarterback in the NFC East, and it's showing up that he's probably playing the best Football out of all the quarterbacks in the NFC, yes, including Dak Prescott. The guy has 425 passing yards on play action, which is third in the National Football League. Over 1,300 total yards, second in the National Football League behind that grown man, Josh Allen, who plays quarterback up there in Buffalo. I got to get that in. I had to get it in. And you know what? What I wanted to see was him to add more space to this offense and be more efficient with his deep ball throwing. Uh, this year, 5 for 12, 234 yards, a TD with a 117 passer rating. Jalen Hurts, you have officially changed the narrative, changed the guard on the on the uh, NFC East quarterbacking situation. Yeah. And, uh, and, and some of the bigger questions was, if we put all these pieces yep. around, can he still do it? Why question the man? You see what he's doing without all that. But anyway, to your point, um, changing the guard in a really big way outside of the NFC East was we all – gave the AFC West and proclaimed them the best division oh, yeah. in football, sure right? Did. Because of all the changes, all the um, free agents and acquisitions they made getting better. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson, Chandler Jones, Devontae, everything you can think of, everything that went into the AFC West, we was like, uh-oh, Kansas City better watch out because this, this is the most uh, dominant division. It's not. It's the NFC East. You got a team that's 4-0. You got two teams that's 3-1 in that division. And you look at the Giants, okay? Injuries, Daniel Jones, new coaching, uh, Brian Dayball, Saquon, can he do it? He's under a contract year. He's been been injured. All those different storylines, they're 3-1. And And the Cowboys, they don't even have that. I know. You mentioned that. They they don't even have that. They ball. (laughs) Under Cooper Rush, and they're 3-0. And and they're playing great defense, and they're finding ways to win offensively. So a lot of times early on in the season – just by what happens in the offseason, we get caught up and we start making all these premonitions. But the football really tells you what's going Absolutely. on. And finally, game one of week five pits the confounding Colts against the bewildering Broncos. How will this one go down? Listen up. A couple of house cleaning issues, and it's not good for some of these players here. Uh, with regard to the Thursday night matchup, Jonathan Taylor, Shaq Leonard, those dudes not playing in this particular matchup. And Javante Williams, we know he's out. So and with, Justin Simmons. And Justin Simmons, thank you. Yeah, so who do we got? 
One team is averaging about 14, the other one's 16. I'm going to say it's going to be close, but I'm going to go with the home team. Denver Broncos, 23-13. to 13. Our pick's going a little international here. MJ, David, give me those picks. All right, thanks, Yammer, which means, David, we're up. Oh, Who good. are you taking here? Colts or Broncos? No Jonathan Taylor. No Jonathan Taylor. That's, that's pretty crucial. Yeah. I think the Broncos have been playing better football. They're at home. 24-17, let Russ cook, right? <laughs> Run game maybe a little bit more, but I, I like the Broncos. And he has been cooking a little more. We've yes. seen splashes of vintage Russ. I feel like yep. Nathaniel Hackett is getting going there. He's getting more comfortable. More settled, which means that, yes, I am taking the Broncos 21-17 in that one on Thursday night. Tomorrow is a very special episode with Michael and Willie, who will be back to pull back the curtain on what it is really like to be an NFL player. It's uncut, it's uncensored, and it is unmatched. You will not want to miss it. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.